0: The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play
1: Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you always.
0: You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 89. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people make things float impressive every word in that sense was wrong help me
2: obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope this station is now the ultimate power
3: in
1: the universe i find your lack of faith disturbing it's against my programming to impersonate a deity.
0: that's not
3: how the force works force is with me and i am with the force and i fear nothing
0: remember
1: the force will be with you always
0: Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Of course, right off the bat, just a reminder that you can get your own official Secrets of Star Wars t shirt uh, that encapsulates our philosophy of finding a hope of finding hope in a galaxy far far away. Just go to sqpn.com slash merch and you can get that in various styles and sizes so you can be the, the talk of, of your local town. Also We have a new way to join the StarQuest fan club mailing list. And so you can text StarQuest to 66866 to to join us on the the StarQuest fan club. So this is an email uh, mailing list. So text StarQuest to 66866. Also, of course, please just share the podcast on on your favorite social media platforms so that way we can be seen and heard by more people who would be interested in hearing our take on all things Star Wars. And definitely, if you've got time, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to let us know how we're doing. And that also helps get us seen by more people. So to jump into uh, today's discussion, today we are discussing the 16th and finale episode of The Bad Batch, Camino Lost. And joining me tonight on the panel are Angela Ciolana. Hi there. Hello. Second up is Mike Creevy this evening. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to have you. Thanks for filling in last week for me. Oh, my pleasure. And third and final this evening is Thomas Sanjurjo. It's good to be here great to uh, great to have you so before we jump into the bad batch, we have our ongoing ham solo segment, so uh this is kind of becoming quite a quite a fun a fun little thing that we're doing so First of all, shout out to Jeff Hacker. I, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Uh, he sent us an email and told us a, a very brief story about going to Chick Fil A and tried to use Din Jaren as his name, and they put <laughs> Den on his on his, <laughs> on his on his. But I assume they think. make more sense. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, going as going as Mando, but uh, uh, I hope I hope uh, the the bounty was was worth it. <laughs> And Mike also has his typical, uh, you're about the only one that does it regularly on the show. It was was funny because
4: I got, so I I was getting a a pound of, it's normally what we get this lower uh, sodium ham. And for whatever reason, it occurred to me as I'm ordering it, I was like, who's the last person in the Star Wars universe who would ever get lower sodium ham? And you guessed it. Jabba the Hutt, <laughs> you know, <laughs> something tells me that Jabba's not really keeping track of his health, you know? I don't know. He's uh... got that slug-like figure, you <laughs> know, true. so low-sodium ham might be the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, yeah, yeah, who needs it the most? No, but what's funny is I, Um. the funny thing was, of course, as I've, you know, told Listeners before, the downside of all this is they don't actually you know say it out loud. They just print it on the ticket. So, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm going to try to do this in other places where they actually have to say it. But my wife laughed at me because as we're checking out, uh, the the checkout kid like scans the ham. And I thought I think I was mistaken. I thought he looked at the ticket. So then I started talking about it to him and how, like, what I do, and he could not have possibly been less interested
2: in what I was saying.
4: And it was so awkward. He's, like, not even, like, reacting at all. He's just, like, scanning stuff. And I'm like, well, uh, okay. And Christine's just, like, laughing at me off to the side. I'm like, oh, well, okay, fine. So,
0: but that was, that was it for this week. <laughs> and you got to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it'll, it'll resonate with him later. Eventually. so So, listeners of course if you want to uh share your fun interactions uh with with you know star wars and in your daily life in these kind of ways uh send us an email uh star wars at sqpn.com or you can use the hashtag ham solo on twitter and we will pull those and uh, share those on the show so just fun ways that star wars interacts with with just our day-to-day lives so uh definitely doesn't
3: have to be a food order
0: yeah 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 (laughs) um and and i figure that's probably a good way to kind of branch it out because not everybody does what mike does every week (laughs) uh but but a fun way to yeah star wars and daily life how they how they interplay so uh, go ahead and email us or tw- or tweet those out, and and we'll we'll share those on the show. So to jump into our show this evening, uh, we are talking finale Bad Batch. So, what'd you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> yep, about like that. <laughs> I, it was, uh,
1: it was it was a good episode. It was, yeah. uh, a tough ending. Uh, yeah, like they really bought the the way that those characters were interacting at the end and you felt just the drop of yeah. the finale. You know, like the the them leaving uh you know, flying away and Crosshair sitting on the on the landing pad. That was a an emotional tense moment. And mm-hmm. you know, it's setting it up for other stuff. You know, we're going into a second season, you know, Crosshair's gonna be back. There's gonna be other stuff that goes on. But still it was it was difficult watching that because they really just in that last episode you know these last two episodes really pulled his character back into the fold of us caring about him not not just as a like oh, he's a danger on the side, but right no we really want we want to see him be saved, we want to see him come back to the family
3: yeah um i I really thought it was a beautiful ending um as you know as much physical. Uh, wreckage was around them, there was also the emotional wreckage that you could really see as well. And as I was watching it for the second time, I realized just how well they, the the creators of the show did that for this episode in particular. As everything was happening physically, I noticed that there were um, some connections to their interior stories as well. So I'm uh, excited to share those observations throughout this episode. Um, but you know, definitely some deep character moments. And by the end of this episode, I said, I've got to get myself an Omega shirt now. So
2: <laughs> come on,
3: her universe or whoever is going to make yeah. it, Star Wars.com. <laughs> Let's go. I'm ready for it. Omega really stepped up, um, in a big way. And, um, I think I just, I really solidified her as, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe a top 10 character in star Wars now nice. for me. So.
1: Okay. yeah just like, like crosshairs line, the kid's calling the shots now. <laughs> <It was laughs> like, Oh, I mean, you got a better plan. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's hear it. Well, and that's the thing is I, I
4: agreeing with you guys all the way. Um, and especially what you said Angela, I, I mean, I kind of feel like she just didn't even feel like a kid anymore, you know? Like, there's just a, the buy-in. Like, and like, I know, Thomas, you were saying last week about the earned character development, right? And so that I, I think there was a lot more of that. And what I didn't get a chance to do that I think I'd like to, at some point, is go back and watch these back-to-back, you know, instead of, like, a week apart. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch this the whole way through a second time. I was doing it a little bit before we started tonight, but I was thinking, like, yeah, I'd really like to, you know, just see them all together, um, you know, this, these two parts. Just to kind of get the full effect of that, because I I definitely felt like this felt like definitely more of, you know, part two than, you know, a different episode. So it it really did pick right back up where we left off last week, I think. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and there's that interesting aspect too that, that Omega is actually older than than the other (laughs) the other clones. You know, I I don't think she has quite as much uh, kind of battle experience, of course, as, as the other ones, but to to mentally have to kind of shift and say like oh yeah she she is calling the shots but she's just as capable you know as as the other mm-hmm. the other uh bad batchers uh was was re- yeah it was good good to see um i have to say this is not the finale that i expected and mm-hmm. um and i'm okay with that because i know that there's a season 2 i think if if we didn't know season 2 was happening this This story, I mean, it wraps up, but they're like, I, I personally was expecting like Rex to show up or even the Syndoulas to show up, or I was expecting a larger story, but knowing that there's a season two, I'm completely happy with where they ended. Uh, it just, it was, I was still expecting, I guess, other cameos from characters to, to pop in and, um,
1: I'll be honest though, I'm really happy with the way this ended because I've been watching a lot of Netflix shows lately, like the Netflix originals, and um they're great, but it's like they crammed 5 seasons worth of show into one season because they weren't <laughs> sure they were going to get a second, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and it's like, man, this that that plot point was great, but it just really needed a lot more room to breathe. And and this season afforded room for those characters to breathe and for the stories to develop and the relationships to build and um and it didn't feel cheap and that's the one thing i hate about those compressed shows is that it's like oh i i see what you were going for and you just needed to have the comfort to say i'm going to do a quarter of this and then play it out over more seasons if i get them if not i'm satisfied with what happened and that's I, so I, I was reading some reviews about you know the season overall, and they were talking about how up and down it was and how you know there were there were some really great episodes, and then there were some episodes that were just kind of throwaways and it's like you needed that because you needed mm-hmm. the the space to really let the characters develop and for us to buy into them and now to care about a second season, not that you tried to say everything all at once right
0: yeah I think that's a that's a very uh a pr- appropriate point to to make with this episode because it definitely uh I mean it was very character focused. There there was I mean there was all the action of them escaping, but it was more the the highlights were the the moments when they would interact with Crosshair or when Omega, mm-hmm. I mean I noticed her a lot, she was the she seemed to be the one trying to reach Crosshair the most, you know, as she was in her in her role. And those were the spots that, that shined out for me. And, and you wouldn't be able to have that without the character growth that we've seen throughout the last 15 episodes. And you wouldn't have that if the Syndulla showed up and Rex showed up and everybody, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of came together for this explosive finale. Uh, this was a very character-focused uh, finale, which I think was, was, was very good.
3: Although it was explosive.
0: It was explosive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's always a bigger fish. <laughs> i
4: was i was tempted to like when you first entered like like welcome me to the show i was so tempted to just be like father i'm so sorry for your loss no, <laughs> <laughs> the loss of camino but that's there's ah, i'm the, waiting till yeah. later because there's a couple things where i was like surprised as i'm sure you guys were too and then i know it'll come up later just about camino mm-hmm. itself that was just kind of like mm-hmm. oh man that's even worse yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I I, <laughs> I I think I I could share Omega's sentiment at the very end as she's watching the smoke oh, yeah. rise, and you know, like just kind of lamenting that fact. And 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 it was pointed out, and and I I think this is a, a an interesting way to look at it. Uh, someone sort of pointed out that this was almost like the 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 last nail in the coffin of like the whole prequel era mm-hmm. with Camino being destroyed. And, uh, you know, so, so yeah, there, <laughs> there is a loss there. Um, I love Camino, uh, but do you know, it was is... in the right
1: hands. It was in the right hands in Dave Filoni's, oh, uh, yeah, you know, because I, I think there, there, there was, there was a way to do it. Like we're blowing up the, the prequels because, ah, oh, it's the prequels, right? And that right. was not what happened. This was very no. much a, an honoring the, what happened
0: and moving yeah. it into the new era which was really good, really well done. Right. The The sentiment was was very clearly, we don't want to see the city destroyed and we're having to watch it be destroyed. Right. Not, mm-hmm. yay, now we can move on to uh, A New Hope and Rebels and, and kind of move <laughs> in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we've mentioned that before, that, I mean, what Dave Filoni has done with the Clone Wars and with the Bad Batch um, to kind of flesh out between the movies has just been stellar. Um, so with that being said, we'll hop right into the, to the recap. Um, it's, we, we pick up right where, where things kind of left off in this, uh, we see, uh, Tipoca city being bombarded by Admiral Rampart, which was some really cool cinematography, the, Mm -hmm. the, the, the lightning and the clouds. And I mean, just the, the menacing presence was really, really effective,
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And
3: they really, um, I think underscored the difference between kind of the stillness of, uh, you know, being on that cruiser versus the chaos of the destruction that's happening down below, you know, the order of the empire and then just like all Mm -hmm. of this destruction and chaos below. It was really sad, but it, it was, um, yeah, it was eerie. Like, Mm -hmm. as you were saying too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so the chaos causes uh, Omega and Crosshair to be separated from from the rest of the group uh, as the as the city is is falling and and flooding, and uh, on the the Imperial cruiser, uh, we have that we have a I I so I suspect it's a clone trooper. I don't know if you guys picked this up or not, but yes uh yeah i agree i agree okay because because he he reports that all kaminoan facilities have collapsed into the sea but he says it in a very hesitant sort of way that implies that he has an emotional connection to it Mm -hmm. so yeah i i they apparently haven't phased out all the clones yet but
1: uh well he wasn't in the new armor too he was in the he was in the old clone armor which is true i made sure to go back and watch that again because i was like is that a clone troop and and it was because he had that helmet that was the the classic clone helmet so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what they were trying to get across there
0: which that 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 just kind of echoes throughout the whole episode again of like kind of lamenting uh losing camino we uh swap back to to Omega and Crosshair and the the compartments filling up with water and they, they can't open the door and Wrecker is, is doing his best to, to open the door. And this was, I, I thought it was an interesting choice to immediately put Crosshair with Omega in this situation. Yeah. Because right from the get go, we're again seeing Omega and her compassion, you know, win out because she, she, She could have just kind of either not tried to help Crosshair uh, or but she I mean, she basically kind of risks her life because as the whole compartment fills, you know, she's she's trying to push that beam off of him and ultimately, thankfully, uses AZ and, and her light bow to to rescue him from from drowning.
3: And this was the first time that I really saw the again, the physical manifestation of their interior realities. Because what do we see? We see this huge wall separating the rest of Clone Force 99 from Crosshair. Um, And it's really not just a wall, it's a door that has closed. And he himself is trapped by these pieces of the place that made him. And he's trapped because of the Empire. And so I really felt like, you know, all of that was kind of physically illustrating what's been going on with them and the fact that Omega was there with him. Um, She, like you said, she's continuously, I mean, even the fact that she tells Hunter crosshair is stuck. That's what she says over the comm. And it's, it's kind of what really is happening with him. You know, like he Mm -hmm. is stuck in this, um, this idea of being a soldier. Um, You know, later on, he'll talk about um, how the Empire is going to control the galaxy and he's going to be a part of it. And it just goes back to this idea of his old mentality, this um, war mentality, you know, what he thinks a soldier being a soldier is. Um, So, yeah, I just I, I, I really loved how here was Omega literally physically trying to free him from all of this Mm. and she continues to do that um kind of emotionally right like throughout this episode
0: it makes crosshairs i guess arc at the end of this episode all the more tragic Mm -hmm. because we have and, and and again i i really i like the metaphor that's going on here even you know wrecker and tech and hunter are trying to break through that wall Mm -hmm. Um, granted they're, they're trying to get Omega too, but they're also, they've always been open to bringing Crosshair back and welcoming him back, you know, and, and Crosshair has, I mean, ultimately he he has a desire for, for the family, for the squad, for, for that sort of thing. And he's, he thinks he's founded in the empire and, Mm -hmm. and even Hunter points out, I think later that, that the empire is just going to treat you like a number. You know, but, but whereas mm-hmm. the, the, the clone force is, is the, the family that he desires, but he's not, he doesn't see it. So right. it, 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 yeah, it makes it, it makes it more tragic what will, what, well, or what happens. Yeah. And well, I like, too,
1: the fact there that, the, the, to, to kind of extend the metaphor a little bit, that opening that door is dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's better and easier for them to just go on and to continue on and yeah, they're saving Omega, but getting that door open enough to get crosshair through and, and pull them into safety is, is hazardous to them, but they're still doing it. That's still their, their pushes to, to face that danger. You know, they came back to get Hunter, same thing. They knew what they were walking into. They knew the trap that they were coming for and they still did it. And that's kind of, you know, that's, that's been who they are and it's, they're growing ever more into that.
3: Right. And it's so much work for them, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're struggling so hard to get that thing open. And it's interesting, like just they get just a small amount like open and then the water kind of creates this vacuum that helps them to get the both of them. And, you know, it, it just makes me think about sometimes when you're working with people and, you know, you're maybe they've gone through something like traumatic or difficult and you're really trying to get across to them, you know, how much they're, you know, loved or safe or whatever in a certain environment. And just like, you just get the smallest little opening. And sometimes that's all you need to just, mm-hmm. you know, get that person back. So yeah, I just really loved, um, again, just the physical metaphor that we're seeing here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And to, 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 take it even uh, maybe a step deeper, that's, that's the risk we take when we love, like when we authentically love, we're opening ourselves up to suffering. And the easy thing to do is to just cut yourself off and say, like, I'm never going to open myself up to that pain. But the problem is, is then you never open yourself up to the joy that's mm-hmm. there with love. And there's risk, absolutely. But ultimately, the risk is worth it. And you might, you might get hurt, but, but love is worth it. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's, we, we've we seen Clone Force 99 kind of grow into this this role, you know, beyond just soldiers. And I think kind of identifying and embodying that, you know, a a, a good leader protects his squad is I think Hunter points that out. And, you know, the you, you help you help the guy in need and, and you know, you you love and you're going to you're going to risk pain, but it's worth it. And and I mean we'll, we'll see I, I guess where things go Crosshair could could be moved by that later on but but definitely by the end of of the episode today he he wasn't so they they do manage to to, to reunite um through the through the the bulkhead there and they have to to keep on trying to escape and uh they're they're going down um this this corridor and there's the the whole scene of of that whole part of the building crashing down to the ocean floor uh and the you know the the clone pods were being destroyed and um and I will point out and I and I put this in my notes that the music was was incredible at this point it was it was mm-hmm. kind of a i I recognized it from I and I can't remember where else in Star Wars I recognized it from but it was a very kind of mournful kind of tone uh which which fit so they they continue after after it crashes down to the to the ocean floor they they continue to try to find a more secure space which is then ironic because it's their old barracks is where they managed to get to that's the the most uh i think i forget who said it but it's the most habitable space they said uh which was which was a jab at at their prior living conditions in that in that barracks
1: well, but then to also they make the comment on how much it's changed too, and mm-hmm. it's it's funny because the way that it's changed is it's become unpersonalized, right? It's become just a a hole to sleep in, not a not a place that they occupied and lived in,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: had changed themselves. You know, the the only thing that's
0: left of them is the marks on the wall that the mark, marks yeah. their success, <clears throat> the tick marks. Yeah, it was here that that crosshair and uh, Hunter. Uh, have a have a very real conversation which was uh which was very pointed um but they talked a lot about choice and you know crosshair is trying to to tell the, the group that you know they they they're looking at the the marks on the wall and and he says you know all those missions and you you threw it away and you know uh, hunter makes the choice or makes the the comment that that they made a choice and so did crosshair and they have this conversation where where Hunter tries to tell Crosshair that you know blind allegiance, blind allegiance makes you a pawn, and that's where Hunter Hunter says you know a real leader protects his squad, and they're they're kind of going back and forth on this. I I like the I, I think this is a very a Star Wars theme though the the notion of choice and you know the idea that that you can choose to be. You can choose to be the hero, the Jedi, you can choose to be um the Sith, or, you know, go down that road. And so I, I I I didn't really get a chance to to join in your conversation last week, but the whole idea that Crosshair has been choosing the Empire for the last however many episodes, I think is is very, very important. Because it's 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 you know, it's that whole notion that that he has chosen this and, and where does that leave his destiny? He's not just some automaton. And so they, they, they're kind of pointing at that out. And, and even though Crosshair has chosen the empire, he's still a little blind to what's really going on, even though he doesn't think he himself is.
3: Yeah. And I think also it goes back to the, again, the star Wars theme of, you know, your motivations, Um, when we talk about the Jedi versus the Sith, often we talk about, um, the doing, doing things for right knowledge and defense, um, using the force for good, um, purposes to help others, right. More of a sense of like selflessness versus, um, the Sith, which is dark side, which is controlling others, using your anger, Um, to fuel you, uh, all those things that um, I think we also see here, right? Like Hunter is saying, well, you do things to, you know, for the good of your squad, right? And um, Crosshair is kind of saying, no, but you you do, I want to be where we're in charge, where we're in control of, of everybody else, where we're at the top. And so there's that, that, shift right that that mm-hmm. difference um so yeah that's that's definitely what i saw um and also just this idea of how um physically throughout the sequence um crosshair was kind of pausing every once in a while and saying you know, we've got to go back. There must be another way. Um, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to go forward. He wants to go backward, right? Back to mm-hmm. where he was before. Yeah. And, um, so again, this whole, um, what they're feeling is we're seeing, right. Manifested in their actions.
1: Mm-hmm. And some of it is fear and that's a, he, he never expresses it and he wouldn't. Right. But, but it's the security of being in a space that's safe now. Yeah. And there, the, the squad is looking at, well, this isn't safe permanently. We need to figure this out so that we can have a solution. And his tendency is to say, no, 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 this is safe. Now let's stay here. And that's, you kind of get that sense from him that that's why the empire still makes so much sense that, that why it still is the, the preeminent decision for him, because it's secure. It's the thing that is now. And what is who are we if we aren't clones? Who are we if we leave this structure?
0: Well, and I think that's that's what a lot of people throughout the galaxy agree with. You know, mm-hmm. that the whole operation war mantle, willing recruits, they're they're recruited and they're willing because they think that the Empire is going to provide that stability. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, which, of course, we we all know, being kind of <laughs> outside of the story itself, that that's not really what they want, but it's, in character, that's what they think they want. And they think that the Empire is the best way to, to, to get there.
4: I think uh, with the choice thing, I was trying to find this quote, because uh, I've always loved it. Um, I shortened it a little bit, but um, the importance of
2: the, the cumulative effect of the choices we make, you know, in that it's, you know, like
4: we were saying last week, like we're saying tonight, you know, that it's you can't use the old Flip Wilson like the devil made me do it thing, you know, to, mm-hmm. <laughs> like to, you know, Jesus, you know, you meet him face to face. And, you know, what about you? What about your life? Oh, you know, the devil made me do it. It was this person. It was this thing. It was this injustice. It was whatever. None of that flies um, now. I mean, it, all of those things will impact the choices we make and they can affect possibly culpability. But I I love, as usual, C.S. Lewis, I think, says it better than most. I have this little quick little quote from um, Mere Christianity. I just love the way he says it. Every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses, into something a little different than it was before. And taking your life as a whole with all your innumerable choices all your life long, you are slowly turning this central thing into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature, either into a creature that is in harmony with God. And with other creatures and with itself or else one that is in a state of war and hatred with God and with its fellow creatures and with itself. Um, And that's what I I love about all good stories, you know, and and this because I love Star Wars. Where's Crosshair on that spectrum? Like, obviously, he's not at the end yet, you know, so because he's not at the end, we as Christian viewers, right, have hope, right, have hope for him. Even when he's standing there on that, that landing pad, which we'll get to and everything, it's like, he's not done yet. You know, I still, I still have hope for him. Right. I mean, this is Star Wars, where even when you fall from an impossible height, you're never dead. except <laughs> Possibly if you're Mace Windu. But um, I'm, I'm firmly believing he's alive, by the way. Um, that's a whole other topic, but uh, for, for recent <laughs> reasons. But yeah, I just, I think, long story short, I just wrote down redemption in huge letters in my notes you know, for tonight. Because I, I like... I, I like that. I feel like this is being done in a unique way with him. The whole question about crosshair mm-hmm. with—I mean, Vader's redemption arc is wonderful, right? Uh, I like Kylo's redemption arc. Maybe not mm-hmm. everybody does. Fair enough. <laughs> but they're not exactly the same. And this is very, very different because now you're 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 dealing with. There's not one dramatic thing where he's changed, which I've kept waiting for. You know, and but it's like, God, man, this dude is stubborn. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> You know, like well, and, and I'm and instantly the, thinking of like friends and family where I'm like, why can we never like this? This family member who, you know, um, it, it might be aligned with certain like church teachings, for example, but just so far off the deep end in one very central, important one. And like, I can't understand how, you know, like, how could you po- <laughs> and I'm not perfect by any means, but how could you possibly not? see this you know and and i I get that from hunter especially in this because he's the one who talks to him the most but that frustration of like dude like you you know what's going like you know where's you're choosing to do this how could you be choosing to do this and yeah it's a i'm really excited to see where they go with this
1: and i'm glad it's not over yet and i and i love the fact that they are letting him choose right they're not forcing him right into the choice at any at any point like the only point they did was when they knocked him out in the in the room with the (laughs) droids. and that was because you know they they just it was out of necessity and it had to be done and so let's just carry them along with us um but you know even by the end it's not you have to come with it you don't have a choice you can't just stay here on this platform what are you going to do you know it's no Mm -hmm. you you make the choice if you want to stay here we're willing to let you make that choice we're not going to force you in any direction you have to choose Although
4: real quick, do, do you guys? You, I'm, I'm assuming you've probably all seen the original Madagascar movie. Do you remember how like they keep like they keep like um, uh, tranquilizer darting uh, Alex like, yeah. like four or five <laughs> times back to back? I was kind of hoping for like a first person like crosshair type. Just again, <laughs> just he keeps waking up. Where are we now? <laughs> but no,
0: nah, that wouldn't fit. <laughs> I, I love the, the the family themes that continue to run in this, though. And and mm-hmm. Mike, you, you kind of you started to go down that road of, you know, like, I'm sure we all have had an experience of either a brother or sister or cousin or someone who we just like, just wonder where they're coming from. And we're, you know, and we and we struggle to understand them. And um, it's, you know, that that's such a relatable thing. But but what I love about what what they're doing here is that even though they don't agree with Crosshair, there's they're not they're not giving up on him. And there's always mm-hmm. a you know we, um, just the the, the next scene even you know, uh, <laughs> they they act they act very much like brothers. You know they're 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 in this tunnel and Wrecker Wrecker has something on his mind, and even Crosshair's like you know well what what do you got on your tiny little mind like your tiny mind. <laughs> And like that, that just sounds something like, you know, your, my older yeah. brother might say to me if he's really exasperated with me, you know, uh, but, but then Wrecker, you know, he's like, well, you know, all this time and you didn't even try to come back and, you know, we'd yeah. have taken you and, and like Wrecker is obviously hurt by the fact that Crosshair didn't try to come back.
2: It mm-hmm. was a great
0: moment for him. I, I love that line yeah. coming from him. Yeah. And and I really appreciated even the next line. Then Tech kind of jumps in and and yeah. he's like, you know, always the analytical. He's, you know, Crosshair has always been severe and unyielding. And you cannot change that. And he cannot change that. And uh, Crosshair kind of asks him, well, why are you defending me? And Tech says something incredibly profound. He says, yes. I am not. <laughs> Understanding you does not mean that I agree with you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I feel like we we've all had that experience with someone, especially in our own family. Like, you know, we can we can try our best to understand them, but understanding does not mean that we have to agree. You know, with someone who's completely kind of turned their life in a in a different direction than than us, or and and that's that's the reality of family. Yeah. yeah. But and standing up and
1: saying the truth to someone mm-hmm. about them, you know, when someone's being, yeah. you know. And in this case, the wasn't being mean to him or anything. He was just trying to understand. You could tell that he didn't understand what was going mm-hmm. on. And Tech had some insight there and it, stepping in and saying that to stop a conflict where there doesn't really need to be one. You know, where it's just these two people are of different opinions, and the the conflict that they're about to have is not going to change either one of their opinions about the other one. So. Just look, I, I understand where both of you are coming from.
2: Yeah, and, and also, just
1: being a peacekeeper, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. And and I like also that tech starts off by telling Wrecker, let it go. Because, you know, so often we hold on to those hurts, right? And mm-hmm. we we either keep a grudge or it leaves that wall up. And we can never really connect with the person because we just hold on to all that stuff. And it's so amazing that tech of all, all the, you know, Clone Force 99, that he's the one that has this emotional insight, like, let it go, right? Because it's not going to do us any good. It's not going to do you any good to hold on to that, um, that hurt, you know, of not, not wanting to come back. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I loved that as well. This was a great, I mean, it was a short exchange, but it was, I I think I'll probably remember it for a long time. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and I, and I can't remember which one of you, maybe Angela, it was you who kind of said it like, you know, this, this whole, this episode, we see different aspects of each of each of the characters that we because we've been with them for 15 episodes, it it is completely in line with their character. And, and it's an, I, I think we said it's sort of an earned sort of thing. And, and mm-hmm. like even Wrecker's perspective is very clearly Wrecker, you know, and, and even tech, you know, he's still analyzing, but I think his analytical brain was able to kind of glean that truth. And, and we see all of these, even, even the way Hunter interacts with him and, and Omega, um, it's it's exactly what we would expect from journeying with them for 15 episodes and knowing their characters. And and it's just yeah, it's 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 super, super appropriate. So they uh, continue to to try to try to escape and they're they're trying to get to Nala Se's, uh lab because then they can get back to um, ideally they can get back to the Marauder and uh a little bit of of chaos ensues with the, the the fish that comes and tries to attack the tunnel and uh they they're able to 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 repel repel the creature uh with with a z kind of uh uh turning on the power which which shocks him and they are able to to get into to naise's lab. And they are stuck there because the the tunnel that goes back to the landing platform is regrettably destroyed. And so this was uh, where someone pointed out, I think tech pointed it out, that that Omega is is older than the rest of Clone Force 99, which was a whole mental shift that had to happen in my brain, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like uh that's what happens when you have fast aging clones mm-hmm. they ultimately decide that uh what what they need to do is um to or no before they do that there there's some really good dialogue that happens here um again they're they're sort of arguing over you know crosshair is is annoyed that that omega's the the kid calling the shots now, which again she is she is clearly earned it by this point. Um and I think you guys were talking about that last week her strategist mind and and everything. Mm-hmm. She and and it's I mean she knows these tunnels. She knows the the lay the lay, the lay of the land. Um and that's when Hunter does tell tell Crosshair, you know, the the empires is just going to treat you like a number. And so there's mm-hmm. that whole idea of of who's your true family. And they uh, omega has this this moment too with crosshair and and i think she she said what i what i was feeling she she tries to sit with him and she says i wanted to believe that it was the inhibitor chip that made you like this but i was wrong and i felt like that was exactly what i was what i was feeling too because if mm-hmm. it was just the inhibitor chip that made him do this then all you'd have to do is yeah knock him out take the chip out and everything's uh a-okay Rather than dealing with the fact that he has chosen this path and we may not agree with it, but we still got to we still got to deal with it.
3: Yeah, and I kind of wondered, like, why did they take the time to have this moment? Because I think that all kind of went without saying, but at the same time, um, they were almost giving a lot of the different characters, not necessarily Echo because he really wasn't part of this, you know, this Clone Force 99 from the beginning, but all the other guys kind of have their moment to kind of speak their frustrations to Crosshair. And so Omega being their sister, I think, and and having, you know, she says, I I searched for you guys because, you know, because of my connection to you. And so her voicing that frustration I think was important because it's almost like, you know, going back to the family thing. It's like when you have that family member, everybody's got to, you know, say, this is how I feel, you know, about mm-hmm. what you're doing or what's going on. And so it kind of, it, it kept that family kind of theme together for her to have that kind of chat yeah. with him too.
0: Yeah. Poor, poor crosshair. He's not really sharing his side of it too much but um other than that he thinks that hunter's wrong
4: by the way i gotta say real quick i, I went back and rewatched you know the um intro arc for them the first four episodes of season seven from clone mm, wars yep. and i was i was honestly alarmed because i haven't seen it since it originally came out like their voices are pretty different At least Mm -hmm. Crosshairs, like um, Wrecker's basically there, but they fleshed him out a little bit. Like he was really just hulking and mindless, (laughs)
2: like
4: in those four episodes, (laughs) you know, and they kind of toned that down a little bit. Tech's basically the same, but he was like a little more. He was actually like almost a little less nerdy, kind of. He was a little more like rough around the edges and they kind of made him a little more analytical, I think. But yeah, Crosshair, Crosshair's voice sounded noticeably different, you know? And then mm-hmm. so jumping back to this episode tonight, cause I just watched those, I was reminded of D Bradley Baker talking about the coiled snake thing that he's nope. developed for. And it was like really like, man, even when he's like toned down and just kind of introspective in this episode, he still kind of creeps me out a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I do, I do like, I, you know, they, it was really like we were saying last week, like last week's episode, was honestly like the first time this whole season that i felt anything for crosshair (laughs) Mm -hmm. so so they definitely did that on purpose i think you know for Mm -hmm. sure to leave us hanging you know for next season
0: so they decide at this point the only way to to get out is to to use these medical capsules uh to get to the surface of the ocean when these medical capsules are are airtight and uh, AZ is going to guide them to the surface uh, through all the debris. And there was a, a uh, AZ says that your safety and well-being is my primary objective. And so he was talking to Omega, and I think I, it must have been specifically Omega. I, I didn't I didn't get the feeling that he was talking about all Clone Force 99, but he was very clearly, um, you know, charged with with Omega and this was this this was important because as I was watching this and and you know the the scene goes on and they 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 all get swept out into the water and and Omega's capsule gets trapped and you know Az is is making sure everybody gets to the surface but then has to use his torch to cut uh, Omega free but in the process uh, he's using up the rest of his battery and mm-hmm. and at one point then. As they're going to the surface, he notices, you know, her path is free and he's going to let her go. And basically he's going to his life is going to end. But what I loved about that whole aspect was the, the whole idea of um, uh, it's I, I, the Greek word telos, which means mm-hmm. end or goal like AZ completed what he was made for. And it was at that point that he was okay with saying, I'm going to just, you know, my battery's going to deplete and I can, you know, I'm, I'm happy to kind of go and, and and die, so to speak. Uh, And, and, and he was okay with that. And I, and I just, I love that, that idea because the, the whole notion of like each of us has uh, a Talos, each of us has a goal and, and our goal is, is to be saints and so that's, that's of course what we're, what we're striving to, to live here, here on earth as we make those decisions and those choices and it, and it and affects, you know, who we are, whether we're heading towards our Talos or whether we're heading away from it. Um, I liked the, the very clear, uh, AZ is a droid and we've, we've often seen a, a person, uh, personification in these droids. Uh, but I, I have to say, I'm glad Az survived, mm-hmm. but I, I almost was hoping that he was going to just perish in mm-hmm. that scene.
3: Well, I think I, I definitely can see what you're saying, and I agree to a certain extent. But at the same time, we got to really see just how powerfully Omega is this selfless character. I saw a YouTube comment when I was looking at um, people's reactions. Somebody said, um, "Omega, Omega cares for everyone and everything without thinking for herself, Mm. and um, she really does. You know, I I think we got that very much solidified in this moment too. Um, Obviously, she has this deep connection with Az, but we are seeing that." literally she is risking her entire life (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, to save him.
1: And I think it's, it's important one of the things I noticed in this episode is that he refers to them all by their call sign, uh, which is kind of telling because if you think about it, the droids are always referred to by their call sign, no matter how Mm -hmm. much we nickname them, you know, it's AZ is his nickname, but that's part of his call sign. And in a similar way, a lot of the, the clones gather their, their nicknames from their call sign in some way, shape, or form, but a, a lot of them, too, just kind of pick up the nickname from whatever they're doing or from however they act or something like that, and, um, and to see that for her there's no difference between a droid and one of her brothers, or a clone and a regular person... And, there's no difference to her. Everything that has this this mentality and this capability of of um, self awareness is important to her. Uh, you know, we saw that in the episode with the Rancor, where she kind of goes out of her way to save this thing. Uh, and as she's learning more about it, it becomes even more important to her because she realizes that it's more than just like a, a creature. You know, it's more than just an animal. It does have some sense of self-awareness and so she really goes way out of her way to, to help and that's it's a good marker for her it's it has a component of like childlike innocence to it but at the same time she's past that and I think that's one of the things that we've seen her grow past that childlike innocence into a real leader who cares about people and who knows that her her being is more than just fulfilling missions or you know completing at any cost. What you know, It's, it's more than just com- getting to the surface and getting to the Marauder and getting off planet, right? It's everybody comes with us. Everybody who started is getting to the end. Yeah.
0: And then that... She, she puts herself in real jeopardy with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and...
3: Even when, um, at the very end, when she's thinking crosshair, um, Mm -hmm. she, she says, thanks for saving AZ. She doesn't say thanks for saving AZ and me. She says, thanks Mm -hmm. for saving AZ. (laughs) It's like, wow. (laughs) She doesn't even think of, you know, her own self and even in that way, you know, um, that it was important that she be saved, but it was important that everyone else was okay.
4: That's interesting, because that's the exact opposite right of of crosshair who was being so selfish he didn't he didn't thank her for saving him, but
0: he didn't say anything and mm-hmm. she does say something, but it's only for someone else well but mm-hmm. even even crosshair i I, I think uh, Mike, you made the point that I mean he hasn't gone completely over to the dark side, you know so so he, even his choice to save AZ oh, yeah, and Omega. That was his way of doing it. <laughs> right. But, but yeah. like, you know, it, but, it, but it also shows that he's not, I think, yeah, there, there is that, that hope that, that he can be redeemed or that he'll see the light and, and come back. Uh, Cause he could have just not done anything. I mean, mm-hmm. when he, when he initially stands up in the, the capsule as they're on top of the water, it's sort of the way that the, the frame of the scene is, is, it's almost like you're you're meant to think he's getting ready to shoot Hunter instead of mm-hmm. rescuing AZ and, and Omega. And he chooses to rescue rather than, you know, take Hunter out and, you know, do his own thing.
4: Wouldn't it be neat if, I'm totally speculating, but in, in terms of something I don't know that we've ever seen in Star Wars before, but a real-life potentially kind of thing, wouldn't it be neat if we have sort of a meeting in the middle kind of thing where in the, the arc for Crosshair... He he leaves the Empire, but but doesn't come back to them. You know, like he mm. goes and he does his own thing, he abandons that, that Imperial path, mm. but it's not like a jump back in with us and do our thing kind of thing. Like, he really does cut his own path, but one that we could all be like, okay, well, it's sad he's leaving, but mm-hmm. at least he's not doing that. You know, and then I wonder, like, almost a compromise type thing. I, I think that would be a neat, you know, neat thing to see at some point, but...
1: Yeah, it just occurred to me now. I don't know if they would do that. I think to the point of um, Omega's thanking him for saving AZ, too. Uh, I, I think that she was taking his stance of not thanking him for saving her because <laughs> that was it was owed, like, because he, he says at that point, we'll consider us even right to, to her. And mm-hmm. that's so yep. she expected that they were going to take care of her but she saw that it was above and beyond that's that a good point yeah to, mm-hmm. to actually take care of the droid she knew that he was aiming for the droid not for her that he could have very easily just aimed for her gotten her out of the water and let the droid go but he did choose to get the droid as well mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that's what you know when i when i watched it the second time i was like that's what i was seeing in there was that mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. recognizing that they were even but then thanking yeah. him for going above and beyond that
0: actually and that makes a point too that um perhaps crosshairs keeping score, but Omega's not mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: as, as I mean, <laughs> as any, I mean, if, if you are, if you are authentically loving each other, like, you know, when me and my brother, uh, <laughs> there, there's really not a scorekeeping. I mean, a friendly competition in a lot of things, but, but ultimately on the, anything major, like it's no, I'll, I'll do this for you. No worries. And, and, you know, no need to, no need to, to pay me back or anything. Um. So yeah, it it continues to to echo the, the the family theme that they that they have going on. Since we're on the platform, we got to talk about it, right?
1: Because they're on Camino, and as my son pointed out, wait what what's going on? Why is it not rainy? Yeah, <laughs> it can be beautiful. Uh, I my nose. <laughs> I was
4: like, Camino can be beautiful. Thanks <laughs> a lot, Dave Filoni. No, it was not. <laughs> but,
0: but yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm sure. Okay, the, the, obviously in universe there are weather patterns that allow for uh, for nice weather, uh, but it, at least from a from a cinematata- cinematography kind of angle, um, we needed to see the smoke rising from the the uh, fallen mm-hmm. city, which you wouldn't have been able to see if there would have been a storm. <laughs> so,
4: and I don't know about you guys, but I was sort of I. I... It didn't, you know, it didn't actually diminish the drama of it. But when they actually hit the bottom of the ocean, I was like, "That's that's that's all." Yeah,
0: it's not very <laughs> deep. It's not very deep. I was like, super
4: deep. I kind of expected that, you know. So Camino's full of surprises. It's a very shallow ocean, and it can be
1: nice. So.
3: <laughs> so Thomas, were you implying that because the empire has gone? Now the sun Now shining. everything's
1: fine, right? <laughs> they are no longer the, the you know. Maybe, maybe it was just the facility. The facility was just gathering clouds the whole time.
0: <laughs> well, we don't actually know much about the planet itself. I mean, we... Right. I don't even know if it's been established in canon, like if they're... Is it, a, is it a completely ocean world? Is there any land mass it, anywhere? I looked it up.
4: Before. It said it's an aquatic planet, is what Wikipedia um,
0: said.
1: I, I just checked before this because I was wondering about that. But Yeah. yeah I, well, I mean, if you were going to build a giant facility, you would need to have land
0: somewhere underneath the ocean to be able to right. anchor well, it on. And, so the Kaminoans are not exactly, um, like, fish-type people. Yeah. <laughs> so, and where do those birds you, land? <laughs> you know i just
1: fly around all the time You know, <laughs> yeah uh on the on the platform i guess but yeah <laughs> but then were they imported did they did they import birds just it? to have them fly around randomly the...
3: maybe there's random so rock many formations. questions
1: there you go got some
4: skellig michael type things yeah, out there somewhere. Out. yeah <laughs> they should come up with a novel to kind of go into this and i would totally be there <laughs> Well, they said that Lucas was gonna had promised to explore some more of the mystery of Kamino and who the deleting of mm. it and everything for Episode Three, and then he just mm. he didn't because they ran they they had to cut so much. Well, and then you had to have that twenty minute lightsaber battle, yes, yep. and you did, we, yes, <laughs> yes, did. Yes, <laughs> did. Yes, 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 yes. It had that's to happen.
1: <laughs> one of the things everyone agrees on. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, so here here we go. This is this is room for the um all of these new like. uh the exploration videos that they have you know where they have the mm, one of like the yes. of off and of uh there all existing, they, that's what they need to do is just have a camino fly through yeah. where it's like a you know nature show of camino national geographic just nothing but lightning and rain <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't they have rain. that on disney plus
3: isn't that like uh what is it star <laughs> uh, wars uh, biomes i think biomes yeah. that's what that's yeah. what it is yep
1: yeah they gotta do so more of those go. those are fun this is the new one they need and and maybe even explore camino post this stuff where there's like mm. reefs growing inside of the you know the crushed uh oh that'd city. be cool city that would be really neat like revisiting the titanic type you know yeah. feel like just really yeah
4: <laughs>
0: eerie huh. uh now that we've gone quite off on a tangent <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah please please move on cuz i was about to say maybe ray could go there i'm sorry I'm, I'm, no. <laughs> Um, well, so, so this is kind of the, the, uh, the final, uh, the final scenes of, of the whole, the whole episode, um, from, from the, the smoke in the distance to ultimately to they, the Clone Force 99 again offers Crosser the chance to come with them and he chooses to stay behind, um, knowing, and I think we can safely assume that there is going to be an Imperial scout that's going to come and and survey the, the wreckage and pick him up. And they uh, and Hunter Hunter makes the comment that, you know, just because they want different things doesn't mean that that they have to be enemies. Uh, Again, fitting with with everything that we've been talking about so far. And Omega has has the moment with Crosshair where she she thanks him for saving AZ. But then she ends with, again, that 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 kind of gut punch of, you know, you're Mm -hmm. still their brother Crosshair Mm -hmm. and mine, too. And then the Marauder leaves, leaving Crosshair behind on the landing
4: platform. He better hope a scout comes, because he's just skin and bones, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to last long at all. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a hefty meal. So, uh,
0: but. but then they leave us with this tease, which I has mm-hmm. to play out in Season 2. The yes. uh, Nala Se gets brought to a mysterious planet with scientists, and the Empire has big things planned for her and her her knowledge of, of genetics and... Cl- uh. <laughs> Angela's not... <laughs> I was doing this for you.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> this little Snoke. Snoke little doll. Snoke.
0: No. <laughs> well, but I, I was looking at my notes. But I, but I think that's... I mean, so, so the, the, the tease is obviously a genetics cloning thing. And I think it yep. eventually, of course, would tie into Snoke. It's the same uniform Dr. Pershing had on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the Kaminoan mm-hmm. emblem and everything. So have ha, has any of you read Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the long yeah, time. Ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so really the, the the first not the first legend book ever written but kind of the one that kicked off the whole Legends universe. There yeah. was a planet in that book called Wayland and there mm-hmm. was similar sorts of things. There was like this base within a mountain and and i forget exactly how it all goes but luke ends up having to fight a clone of himself that remember, that was yeah, created yeah. there so this could be uh disney pulling in a legends planet and facility into yeah. canon so that was Why that not? was kind of a fun <laughs> a fun parallel there uh any speculations on where they where they're going to go or just kind of <laughs> what we've already said
4: well, I honestly, this is maybe a bit of a throwback of just, you know, some fanboy type things that I don't know how they would, I mean, they could make them serve the story. But now with the announcement of season two, things that I had hoped for, or maybe just part of me was, was in, hoping would maybe come up in Bad Batch that clearly didn't in season one, and most of which we knew probably wouldn't even a few episodes in. Well, now the door's wide open again for a Grogu encounter, Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool because that's still on the table and uh, who wouldn't want that? And uh, (laughs) clearly there, there's going to have to be some kind of Boba connections. Um, But what I think is interesting is now I thought they would plant some of those seeds a little more in this to have payoff in book of Boba Fett. But all they really did was connect that there's this, you know, that he's, he's alpha and she's Omega. So I think it'd be really cool to somehow go to Book of Boba Fett, which we, they've confirmed is going to have—I uh, don't know the exact timeline and everything—but I think there are flashbacks in it too, That's because they want to be able to connect. What I've you know, heard, yeah. Some original trilogy stuff. So, but they could. Um, I, my hope—I don't know if it'll ever happen. Haven't heard speculation. I I think they should actually have Michelle Ang play Omega live mm. action mm. because the age would would actually line up because she's mm-hmm. she's older than me. I you know I. I she sounds very young, but, but she's, I think, close to 40 or around there. So I think she could she could play that uh, live action. And I think that'd be really neat, you know, kind of tie in. So I don't know if anyone's doing that or not. But those are just some
1: things I hope to see. I, I think that's season two. I, I'm, I would I would think that's going to happen. Maybe not until the very end of the book of Boba Fett. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like as the cliffhanger for the end of the season, but also the, the connection the candy for everybody who's, you know, been keeping up with everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
3: um, I, I would say my thoughts are part analysis and part um, speculation. So if you look at this episode, this finale part two, we see that we kind of, well, and also part one, they start at the training facility, then they go to their barracks, then they go to the private lab then they get into medical capsules and go into the water. It was almost like going backwards, like Mm -hmm. rebirth, Mm -hmm. almost. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, how they're like their actual trajectory of their life, but backwards. And um, as I was thinking about this, you know, um, I noticed that when they're getting into the medical capsules and they have those They've got the explosives and it's Omega that's holding the detonator. And she's the one that hits the button. Yep. So I thought about how it's kind of like, in a way, their life, the Bad Batch's new life, this whole, you know, story arc that we've been going through, it really started with Omega, like meeting Omega. And from there, they've gone through this almost like a re rebirth, like a re um, rejuvenation, like they've learned so much about themselves, who they really are, you know, each one of them. And um, she's also learned about herself. And um, so, you know, with the Christian like, imagery of like baptism and going into the water and coming out, and you're reborn, right? And so it was almost like that. And so at the end of this episode, I just thought, okay, this is this is a new start. This is like everything, yes, everything happened during this season and for a reason. But now it's like it's all come to this. And I feel like whatever's gonna happen the next season, yes, it may be t- like it happened because season one happened, but also it's a new, it's going to be something new. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just, I really felt like that was very intentional on the part of the writers um, to do that.
0: I think, I, I think that's, that's where they, that's where the trajectory seems to be going because even the whole idea of bounty hunters going after Omega is sort of over. I mean, Nala Mm -hmm. say is, is kind of under Imperial control and, you know, Lama Sue is no longer around. So that element is kind of gone. So it's, it's, it is sort of wide open on, on where, where things go next.
1: And as far as the Empire is concerned, they're dead. Right. Unless Crosshair gives them
0: up, they're right. no longer an issue. Right. Yeah. And I think for me, the only thing that I'm, I'm hoping to see, and I, I assume we'll see it, is an interaction between them and Boba. But other than that, I have no clue where where they'll go.
1: I, I want to see them go and free the clones. That's, uh, <laughs> that's I, I really yeah. like I, I think the greatest trajectory of the show would be they go find wherever the clones have been holed up or enslaved or whatever it is that they've done to them. They free them and then they go off and make their own colony in the, <laughs> you know, in the outer end.
0: That would be awesome. The problem is, is as I think we would have heard of something like that in Rebels. If if that were the case, but I don't know, they 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 could. I don't know because th-
1: then you got then you got the whole like thrawn's coming back in mm-hmm. Ahsoka, and maybe that's where they went out to, and now they're bringing back the clones. Uh. Where they, it could
4: be like this whole well, thing. <laughs> there's there's not a mention at all of Ahsoka Tano and Revenge of the Sith, obviously. So yep. I don't know. So yep. there's there's ways to do it, you know, if it if it fits.
0: <laughs> and Dave Filoni's kind of a genius at this, so. Yep, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, any final thoughts on this season of The Bad Batch before we close?
3: Can I just give a shout out to Az for his uh, comedic, well, um, just all the humor that he brought because everybody else was kind of like feeling uh like all upset you know during this episode, <laughs> yep. and we got Az these really great one liners like um. Greetings! You survived the aerial bombardment and are now moments from drowning.
2: Like,
3: <laughs> we're
4: like, try right. to
2: stay alive.
4: <laughs> he said, like, um, I love when, yeah, when we said to her about how, like, you know, you got to get out of here. You're going to perish, and I will be all alone." <laughs> it yeah. reminded me a little bit of of um, in Rogue One K Two S O makes that comment about how they'll all, you know, die in the vacuum of space, but he can survive.
0: Thanks, buddy. Okay, well, I I think that's that's it then from from us for this episode of The Bad Batch. Uh, Before we do wrap up, though, um, we do have some listener feedback to share. This is coming from Kelly Brown on Facebook, and she she this comment is in regards to part one of the Bad Batch finale. So so last week's episode and she said, I love this episode. I was not surprised at the revelation that Crosshair doesn't have his chip. I think that it makes it much more interesting. He's not a droid. He made his choice. I do credit Dave Filoni and the writers for making me care about Crosshair. I was glad to see that they didn't leave him. Personally, I don't see Crosshair being in the next season. I think they are setting it up that he is going to die to protect his brothers and Omega. A part of me hopes I'm wrong and we'll see Crosshair on the team next year, but I doubt it. I think it's safe to say that we will see Crosshair next year. He's not going to be on the team, though. At least not initially. Yep. So, and that would be a a very interesting redemption arc to end up going down is if eventually he does give his life for the rest of Clone Mm -hmm. Force 99. But I don't see that happening at least (laughs) uh, end of the season, maybe.
2: Mm -hmm. So, yeah
0: and that all depends on whether or not he he chooses to to be redeemed too. I mean, he, he it's there's there's his choice in all of this too. And I think some of it he has to he needs
1: to start seeing the empire for what it is. That it's, you know, it's not a safe haven. And that's yeah, what they kept trying to point out to him. But,
3: maybe he'll realize that they really don't want him around because he's a clone and mm-hmm. maybe he'll they'll just slowly force him out and um or maybe I mean Maybe whatever scout comes by just says, Oh, it's just a clone and just leaves him there.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Right. Well,
3: I, who knows?
0: Well, and I, and I think that's even how, like, I related to, to Hunter, who was almost like exasperated that, like, Crosshair didn't recognize that the Empire just left him on Camino to die. Yeah. And right. Crosshair is sort of choosing to ignore that. Like, okay.
3: They did what they had to do.
0: <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. so, yeah. Lots of lots of lots going to happen in season two. So that is it from us listeners. And we definitely would love to hear what you thought of this episode of the Bad Batch. You can let us know in various manners. You can email us any feedback at starwars@sqpn.com, at or you can comment on our Facebook page. You can find us on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com slash StarQuestMedia and you can tweet at us and you can find us on Twitter at SQPN. We would like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create The Secrets of Star Wars, including Father Leo H, Derek B, John N, Jennifer P, and Justin R. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by going to sqpn.com slash give. Also, please make sure that you are subscribed to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player so you don't miss an episode. And you can find us on YouTube. Just search for the SQPN YouTube channel and click that bell to get notifications of new episodes. You can also find all of our previous episodes by going to sqpn.com slash Star Wars and we will be back uh, in two weeks uh, we are going to go back to our bi-weekly release of the podcast until Star Wars Visions comes out uh, so we'll be back in two weeks and Andrew Hermes and I are going to be giving a review of uh, Disney World and Disneyland's uh, Galaxy's Edge, because both of us have gone there fairly recently, and so we're going to give you our take on the experience of going to Batuu. the rest of us are, are just going to step out. <laughs> we're <laughs> jealous. We're not. <laughs> uh, you know, if you fit, fit in my suitcase, I would have brought you along. Uh, so, so, yeah, so stay tuned for that, because I've got some fun stories to share uh, from Batu. So until next time, Angela Cialana, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. It was a pleasure. And Mike Creevy, thanks for joining us this evening. Always a blast. And finally, Thomas Sanjuro, always a pleasure to have you on board with us as well. It's great to be here. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest.